Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. If you watched our clips about North Carolina and NC State's matchup on Saturday going into the weekend, Jillio and I were on the same page. Uh, this is uh, an important matchup for both teams for a variety of reasons. I think you and I both agreed that Carolina needed it a little bit more. It, it was supposed to be a Q1 win, but coming out of the weekend, it's no longer a Q1 win. But I don't really care about that stuff. There's a longer conversation we can have about net. So here's here's how I there was there's so much to there's there is so much to unpack from North Carolina's win over NC State on Saturday that I think it's a good good idea that we just kind of rapid fire this, Julio. Okay. What do you think? We want to do that way? We'll do it that way. Let's do it that way. All right. So let's actually talk with about like the game itself before we get into the I'm waving my hands all like that, all of the other stuff, if you will. Let's talk about the actual game at first, which to me, it's like same as it ever was between the Wolfpack and the Tar Heels. It's a great time for the Tar Heels, honoring the 1993 team, even if it's a little bit eye-opening to see all those players looking old. You know, honoring the current women's team for the week that they had with top 25 wins, including wins over NC State and Duke. Hansborough was in the house to pass the rebounding torch to Armando Baycott. That was cool to see. And you know, the win itself. And then for the Wolfpack, it's another meeting that will get fans to feel everything from extreme anger to resignation. That that was that was my quick synopsis of Saturday's matchup. Uh, Armando Baycott's pretty good, too. Yeah, he's pretty good. So is R.J. Love. Yeah. Or R.J. R.J. Davis. Davis, excuse me. I combined the two of them there. That's you fine. did. You did. I, th- I thought the first half is as good as NC State can play. You know, they ran stuff through D.J. Burns. Mm-hmm. He was finding the right shooters. Casey Morsell was knocking down the open shots. I thought Carolina did a really good job of limiting Terquavion Smith and Jarkel Joyner in the first half, but I thought NC State had a nice response. I enjoyed the matchup between Baycott and Burns. I thought they each kind of had their moments, mm-hmm. particularly in the first half. But second half, I don't know how you really evaluate it by the time the Smith injury or Smith foul or whatever you want to call it. Um, Carolina had the game under control. They did, yeah. And it's three oh three. We haven't mentioned fouls, so you know fouls were part of the game. The free throws—that's <laughs> part of the, the rapid the, fire. The free throw shooting prowess <laughs> was part of the game. I, I didn't, I didn't watch the game in real time and go, "Wow, I, I, I think Burt Smith, Tommy Morrissey, and Jeffrey Clark got together before the game today and decided they were going to call twenty-seven fouls on NC State and only sixteen on Carolina." I, I, I didn't watch the game and come away with some grand conspiracy yeah. about the officiating in real time yeah can we go back and look at it and see some missed calls i'm sure that sure. that happens sure um but i thought rj davis in particular did i do it again no i you thought davis in particular in the first half was carolina's best player and really you know he banks in the three which was anytime you get a shot like that you're usually going to win i mm-hmm. guess uh, it's a little bit of a freebie gives you a little bit of a boost um, but I thought he was really the one, while Carolina was struggling to find its footing and, and Baycott was in foul trouble, I thought Davis was the one 
holding down the fort and really kind of stabilizing things for North Carolina. I think R.J. Davis is the unsung hero of uh, a relatively young ACC season. We still have plenty of basketball left to be played throughout the, this month, February, and obviously we got the ACC tournament. So uh, I, I allow for the era that we're in with transfers, freshmen playing, that we haven't truly – there's still some growth for some of these teams. Mm-hmm. This is not how it used to be. But I'll say this in terms of consistency for the Tar Heels. R.J. Davis has been their best player, even though he is the player that we do not talk about night in, night out. We talk about Armando Baycott night in, night out for obvious reasons. The guy is a machine. The, he is a double-double machine, and he called his shot going into Saturday's game. He did it. It was pretty impressive to watch. And then we get caught up in the Caleb Love roller coaster, right? What's Caleb Love is really veering into Rashad McCants territory. 05 Rashad McCants, mm-hmm. meaning not, don't take all the other stuff out of it. Sure. It's becoming like they re- either he really needs to focus and get into his groove or they need to get to a point where he's ignored because – he can't go three of fourteen and miss all of the shots that he is, and take away from Davis and Baycott. Yeah. He needs to buy completely buy in and play his role on this team, and and that's a concern. If I'm North Carolina, I have that concern about Love right now. Yeah, I do think that Caleb Love is the key factor to whether this team's going to go far in the NCAA tournament or not. Caleb Love being locked in and doing exactly you know what you just described is going to be the difference between them going out early or out late, or in the NCAA tournament, or their game against Duke, although uh, given history, he might be so locked in that he'll find those threes against He's the... always played well against Okay, Duke. so that's something to consider. But that's easy to do. And that might be a larger issue with the Tar Heels that I've kind of, it's kind of been nagging at me the entire time. You and I were talking about this before the start of the show. We've seen Carolina teams that are in that championship window, or they're expected to be in that championship window, put the hammer down. And they usually put the hammer down when it comes to state at home in the Smith Center. Didn't see that. Yeah, I mean, there's concerning parts, and I think love is a big part of that. They didn't have Puff Johnson. Again, I I feel like a broken record when I talk about Puff Johnson because I feel like he is someone who could step up and really be a difference maker for them. I I thought Pete Nance back in the lineup, even though it's still only spurts from him, Mm -hmm. that's big for Carolina too. So to your point, while Carolina does have a lot of the same parts back, Love hasn't been the same player. And then Nance, of course, is not manic, but they're still learning how to play with sure. Nance. And, of course, you throw in Nance's injury. Again, North Carolina is a tournament team. North Carolina is a team that could easily go to Greensboro and win the ACC championship. Those aren't the concerns. This is a team that came back, though, to win the national win. championship. And to your point that you've made about college basketball this year, Houston lost to Temple this week. So there's no monster out there. Okay, this is this is going to be one of those brackets at the end. And my guess is it's going to be a new coach who wins it. And we're going to go, okay, that's because because right now the throne of college basketball, we could sit here and say it's Bill Self. And maybe it is. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it is. But are you really truly terrified of Bill Self in a tournament that doesn't that doesn't take place in New Orleans or the year doesn't end in two? (laughs) No, probably not. No, probably not. All right. To the free throws, to the officiating. In conference play, North Carolina is the best at getting to the line. It's something that Hubert Davis, in a weird sort of way, we've gone to an old-school type North Carolina squad uh, where he doesn't want them to take a bunch of threes. They want to go through Armando. They want R.J. Davis to drive. It was very successful against NC State, which speaks to a larger trend between the Wolfpack and the Tar Heels. That's usually how these games play out between the two of them. So when you have a season where Carolina is the best in conference play at getting to the line, and NC State is the worst in terms of free throw rate of putting teams on the line, we saw an extreme version of that play out 
but it's consistent with the Keats era of aggressive defense, okay? In 22, they finished 11th in free throw rate, 8th in 21, last place in 20 and 19, and then 10th in 18. They're hovering anywhere between 30 to 40%. It's not a conspiracy. It's just the byproduct of the style. you got to live with it, right? And I'll do my best to strip away every, you know, like all the social media fodder that has been populating my timeline the last 48 hours. Because every fan base complains about the refs. Every fan base. Carolina fans will complain about some of the games that have just been happening, like the UVA game, the pick game, etc. And SC State fans will complain about the refs. Every fan base complains about the refs, okay? But I am with the folks who would like more consistency from officiating. I'll give you an example. I went to two games on Saturday. I was at Cameron Indoor for the Duke-Miami game, and then I headed over to Chapel Hill to watch the State-Carolina game. In Cameron Indoor Stadium, there was live combat under the basket, okay? I mean, you're hearing bodies hit the floor, bodies banging together, and they swallowed the whistle. I'm okay with that, by the way. I don't mind them letting them play if that's what the kind of game it's going to be. I think there has been an unspoken rule this year to let the players play more. I've noticed that, particularly that Louisville State game that I went to, when you're on the floor, you're watching, you're going, this game's very physical, but I'm also not noticing the officials. Mm -hmm. So that's good. And that's okay with it. I like that. Yeah. So I go to Chapel Hill where... It's playing out like you would expect. You know, Carolina's driving. They're drawing some fouls. But here's where the consistent com- consistency comes in. Are you going to let them play or not? Are you going to let them play or not? And then they also kind of got lost in things later on with the Terquavion Smith uh, foul and the, and the ejection and everything else, which gets us to Leaky Black's ejection following Baby T's injury. The flagrant two was a reaction to the result, okay? Not the foul itself. You take out Terquavion Smith on a stretcher in a very scary moment. I'm not surprised they elevate it to a flagrant two. Is it? Do I agree with it? No, I don't agree with it. I can just understand why that happens because oftentimes officials will give you the call based on the result than the actual foul because it should have been a flagrant one at best. Again, not the first time I've seen this played out. Everyone at the Smith Center went about it the way that you would expect when a rivalry opponent goes down with an injury. Fans did the supportive clap, all that, right? Nothing was out of sorts. And then they booed the officials when they ejected Leaky Black, which, again, not surprised. It's whatever. It made made for a weird whiplash moment in the Smith Center, but I'm not surprised. I can see why Carolina fans were upset that they booted Leaky Black from that game for something that I don't think you should have been booted for. Yeah, I don't think the call was, was right, but you're right. It is the result of the play, it's the not result. the actual action. Armando Baycott wearing shades after the game. That's eh, all part of it. I'll, I'll give you the Tom O'Brien on that one. That means he's paying attention to state. That means he cares. Yeah. So yeah, there's a that's the feature, not a bug part yeah. about the rivalry between NC State and Carolina. There's a lot of talk of oh you don't oh we don't care we don't care we don't care. But your actions dictate otherwise. I was cool with it at first, by the way, the shades after the fact, because I'm chronically online. I understood what he was doing because NC State and DJ Burns had the sunglasses promotion and everything else. Um, but well, I think this was a direct response to the Jaquavion Smith. But that's when video. I that's where I ended up having a problem, right? So he said that he was specifically doing it for Jaquavion Smith. Uh, Vashti Hurd actually followed up with Armando Baycott. Here's the audio of why I thought it was a little like time and place thing. You saw the video. 
Yeah, um, also, too, I just want to uh, say a prayer for Terquavion, too. want to make sure he's straight. And I mean, Terquavion is a great player, cool guy, but I definitely wanted to poke a little fun at him, man. We'll see him again, too. I see your glasses are Prada, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these Prada glasses. <laughs> I was going to wear my black ones, but uh, Deja Kelly, she lost them. So. But she ordered me a new pair. That's where I thought time and place with Baycott could have waited. You know, maybe you had this thing planned, but at that time, we didn't know what was going on with Tequavion sure. Smith. We didn't know, man. We, last time we saw Tequavion Smith, he was in the hospital. He got he got taken out in a stretcher. We don't know if the season's over for him, right? So I thought it was a little time and place. You know, maybe not now. Maybe do that when you go to when you go to North uh, to Raleigh and you beat NC State there. That was my only quibble with it. I don't think I'm being harsh on Baycott when I say, "Hey, man, that probably that that probably could have been a, something to do later." And then Smith being out later that night. We'll close on this. Considering everybody feared the worst, like I just mentioned, a few hours earlier, nobody's really mad that a college kid was able to go about his business after the fact, right? Like, there was some picture that was making the rounds that he was out and about later that night. I mean, it went from, oh, man, we hope he's okay, to, okay, great, he's okay. I would expect him to go about his business like a normal college student if he's totally okay, right? Like, I don't think that's... Am I out of turn on that? No. Okay. So, I just... the, The reaction that some people had to, like, well... He shouldn't have been out. Why not? If he's okay, man, let him be a college guy, man. And then we'll see what happens. He's apparently day-to-day. We'll see if he actually plays against Notre Dame. We're all day-to-day, Joe. I know we are. <laughs> I know we are. Like I like to say, death is a pre-existing condition. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius. So there's our try to cram it all in with NC State and North Carolina. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. Smash that subscribe button. Just like I, if I was a gambling man, I would have smashed whatever it is that I could have smashed to make money off of Hammer, right? You get a Hammer this. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know the game. Steam. You could steam it. A steam it? All right. Anything that I could have made money off of when it comes to the Cowboys, I should have. You can rack it. Everything from Will Brett Mayer, Mayher, or however you pronounce his last name. Maher. Miss a field goal. Like all that stuff, right? I would have made so much money off the Cowboys. So I was a week early with the Cowboys. And I think what ended up happening last Monday night, in their win against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, said more about the Buccaneers than it did about the Cowboys and their Super Bowl window or their chances. The Bucs were just bad, and the Cowboys took advantage of that. And once the Cowboys went up against a good team with competent coaching, you saw it slowly bleed out like we saw it last night against the San Francisco 49ers. I actually thought for 57 minutes that the Cowboys outplayed the 49ers in that game. Really? I do. Okay. I do. Because the, the turnovers, the interceptions by Dak, which I've been calling out. One could happen. say we knew would be coming. And it happened. And yet still there they were in the fourth quarter in position to win the game. Which then gets us to the other part of the Cowboys being the Cowboys. That Those final three minutes... You know, a lot of people, oh, you could never be an NFL coach. You're not smart enough. You don't know enough about football. I know this. 
I would not punt with a fourth and seven. No. When I'm down and I have the timeouts that I have. I know this. If I were to punt, Mike McCarthy had, had two solid options. He somehow went off the board and chose a third, yeah. which was a sure loss. Dennis, what's my guy's name? Who gives us all the scenarios? I went. I ran all the. No, I ran all the scenarios. Oh, Steve Kornacki. We're, no, no, no. We're in the end game now, Dennis. Oh, that was Doctor Strange. Doctor oh, Strange. Wow. All fourteen million. Like Doctor of them. Steve Kornacki is Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is sitting there on Mike McCarthy's shoulder. Or he should have been mm-hmm. and told him, "We're in the end game now." Okay, <laughs> go for it on fourth down. Yeah, man. You, you still have your timeouts, and it's better than whatever caca maybe loop de loop nonsense get the band on the field little giants desperate puerto rico whatever they were going to call that zeke elliott play that they ended up nearly getting zeke elliott and the other guy just murdered on Hmm? it was was embarrassing it was an embarrassing display of mike mccarthy and all of his clock management malpractice in real time which we called which I was expecting. But how, how but it, we were, but it's almost like after last year of not going down, not spiking the ball, mm-hmm. you're like, well, how are they going to do it again? Well, they did it again. Right? They'll always find and, a way. And then they somehow did it again. Mm-hmm. No, look, I. Look, they I, somehow out. I, they somehow out cowboyed themselves. I said this last night as the game was getting away from them because of their own mistakes. Credit to the Cowboys. They delivered. They didn't deliver in the way that Jerry Jones wants them to deliver, as in, I want to win and get to a Super Bowl. I'm saying they delivered in what we need in these NFL talking streets. They gave us Dak Prescott turnovers. Is he truly a guy that's worth, you know, investing in? What's the Dak Prescott legacy? He has no legacy. It caused Skip Bayless to do one of the cringiest things I've seen on the internet in five years where a grown-ass man in his 60s had somebody film him in his kitchen and carry a Dak Prescott jersey into and throw it in a trash can. It was one of the cringiest things I've ever seen, and it made me second-guess what I'm doing for a career, that if this is where things are going, I want out. I want out. I don't want to do this, right? So you get you get that. And then I said this last week. If they lose in the most Mike McCarthy way possible, do not underestimate Jerry Jones firing Mike McCarthy after this weekend and getting in on the Sean Payton sweepstakes. Now, Jerry Jones, and you're talking about, oh, no, I'm not for a second am I thinking about this. Baloney. In fact, Rex Ryan, ESPN earlier today, uh, was backing this up, saying, hey, man, you got to take a long look at this dude who once again found a way to do stupid things on the football field. I mean, it would be crazy, guys, if you're going to let a coach go with 12 wins. Was it crazy when uh, the Eagles let uh, Doug Peterson go? And the, and the quarterback? Was it crazy then with Carson Wentz? You had all that investment in him. You let him go. You also let the, the head coach go. Right How's it look there. now? Yeah. How's that m- move look now? You're telling me Jerry Jones isn't thinking about it. I think he is. He should. He absolutely should. I'm laughing because Kellen Moore, mm-hmm. the Cowboys' offense coordinator, has an interview with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Then Steve Smith, Panthers oh, yeah. legend, was like, based on that last play, I don't <laughs> – there's no way. And that's a shame, though, because – Again, I will say to you, I thought the Cowboys played the bet were the better team in that game. Yeah, and I thought what they the way that they used Dak Prescott, that the way that they used Dalton Schultz, by the way, their tight end who who doesn't get any credit for anything, and he screwed up in the last he two screwed, minutes. Gonna I'm say, not going to sit up. here and totally cape for him. Sure, I thought the way that they involved Ceedee Lamb in that game was really really good stuff. Mm-hmm. And if I'm DJ Moore, I'm going yeah, 
bring that guy on because he's going to find a way to get me involved. And, and, and we all have a high opinion opinion of Kyle Shanahan. Oh, the Cowboys. I'm telling you, I think on both sides of the ball, the Cowboys were the better team. It's just those pesky Bizdelikian turnovers where you're like, well, if you take away, if you take away the two turnovers. Can't. By the way, Ray yeah. Ray McLeod, buddy. You know, he, he pops a punt return against NC State in 2017 mm-hmm. to, to, to beat NC State's best team, and now all of a sudden he can't catch a punt. Like, <laughs> make up your mind, all right? The, 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 the thing, too, about Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, and I'll close my thoughts on this, credit to – now, when you have George Kittle making catches like that, that bobble, right, or Christian McCaffrey finally getting some wide-open space to score a touchdown, good for him. And you got Debo Samuel, as you mentioned, right? Brock Purdy still has to make some throws. And I thought down the stretch when it was time to play keep away from the Dallas Cowboys against their their best unit is their defense. They were fine in tight windows in the middle, which is where the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan loved to feast. It was always the big thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, it's cool. You can make the throws underneath, in between the hashes and all that stuff. What can you do in the red zone? I thought Purdy did a good job when it mattered to get it to where it needed to be. And his best plays were on first down. My pet peeve with NC State football you have to throw the ball more on first down because you have the defense guessing. Yeah. And I thought those those were the best plays to Kittle in the seam. Those were his best throws. And, yeah, again, hat tip to Kyle Shanahan, but I thought the Cowboys actually played the better game. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take away those three turnovers. Yeah, sure, turn, sure, sure. It's all you got to do. Just, just take away the things the Cowboys are known for doing on a consistent basis in their biggest games. Take away those things. And, yeah, man, they're Super Bowl champs. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.